let's uh, make our confession. This is from Isaiah 50, verse 4. It's scriptural. When I found the scripture, I just said, oh my God, I need God to help me to understand the word. So I brought this to our church and say it in the form of a prayer because this will happen. That's what God says. Let's recite this together and make our confession. The Lord God has given me the tongue of the learned that I should know how to speak a word in season to him who is weary. He awakens my ear in my morning. The Lord has, God has opened my ear and I was not rebellious nor did I turn away. It's better if I just go from my mind instead of trying to read it. I know it's visible. Amen. The purpose of Pentecost. The purpose of Pentecost. When people think about Pentecost, they, call, they think about Pentecostals. Pentecost, that has nothing to do with Pentecostals much. Pentecost was for the whole church. Not just the Pentecostals. It's for everybody, whether you're Baptist or not. This is what God did. But what is the purpose of Pentecost? Why did Jesus say, don't go out until you have received power from on high? Because you need that power from your words to change people's lives. You know, in Genesis chapter 12, verse 1, 2, 3, it says, Now the Lord, said, the Lord had said to Abraham, Get out of the, your country, from your family, and from your father's house, to a land that I will show you. I will make you a great nation. I will bless you and make your name great. I will bless you I make your name great. That's God's blessing for the church. Because this is the blessing of Abraham. I will bless you and make your name great. Many of us don't even think about that. We just read it and we go over it. God can do that. God can do that. That's why he tells us in Isaiah 54, stay in the borders of your tent. You extend your vision. God can do that. Young people think big. It's not wrong to think, I'm going to be a president someday in the United States. What stops you? The other man that's a president was just a man. Right? And God brought them up. Because they think big. You have to think big. I will make your name great, and you shall be a blessing. Blessed to be a blessing. You are blessed to be a blessing. Many people just want God, and if you look at what's happening to the church today, it seems like the church is all in a defensive mode. Do this, and you will feel this. Do this, and it's all about me. God wants you to be a blessing, not to yourself, but to others. How are you going to be a blessing? All we think about is maybe I'll give them some money. No, you, not your money, 
be a blessing. God can use your money, but that's part of you. Make yourself available to be a blessing to somebody. When you can, through your words, change a man's life. Who was a cruel man. I read, I read about Nicky Cruz. The children were scared about, of him. But after God changed his life, the children told, they ran to him, they loved him, they went to him. And they said, we are not afraid of you anymore. We can see the change. Because somebody was willing to sacrifice and stay with him. Nicky Cruz told, I've forgotten the name of this preacher. He said, I could kill you now. I can take your life. Yeah. But the preacher said, you can cut me into pieces. But every piece was the same. I love you, Nicky. I love you. Even though you're a gangster and you're killing, causing a lot of people to die and everybody was scared. Because somebody was willing to, do, to be a blessing to Nicky Cruz. Somebody was willing. Somebody was willing. Are you willing? Blessed to be a blessing is, is all we're asking from God. is frightening. I want to feel better. I want my family to be good. I want my children to be this. I need a Cadillac. I need a home. I want to build a big house. Is that why you were created? God wants you to be a blessing. Listen to this in Romans chapter 3 verse 12. They have all turned aside. All of them have turned aside. They have together become unprofitable. Listen. God seeks to profit from your life. Hello. They have all become unprofitable. I gain nothing from any one of them. There is none that does good. No, not one. How do you do good? I don't want to become unprofitable to my God. I don't want God to see me as unprofitable. He expects some profits from my life. I do everything by the grace of God to please Him. No church. Not a big church or small church. I want to please him. I want to be profitable. And to be profitable, I told you, why did Jesus stay 40 days after he rose from the dead? Speaking to his disciples about reaching out to people and winning them to him. And all of them have their different accounts. Why? This was important to God. And it should be the first thing in your heart. When you give, that's the reason you want to reach out to God. Not I'm going to pay my tithe. And that's what we normally think. I'm going to pay my tithe so God will bless my family. We can have a new Mercedes Benz. And we can have this in our house. There was peace. My children are fine. No accident. Everything is well. Nobody is sick. Everything is well. That's what we're seeking for. But most of it is just fleshly. Because we're not thinking about him. God will keep you in perfect peace if your heart is stayed on him. And he says, well, I'm thinking about God. I'm thinking about God. And God's thinking, 
I don't get any profit from your life. All you want is profit from me. But profit from you is not there. But he said in his word, Acts chapter 1 verse 8, you shall receive power. When, when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be what? Witnesses. The reason for the power is for witnessing. Not for me to tell everybody, I speak in tongues, I speak in tongues, I speak in tongues, I pray in tongues, I receive the Holy Spirit. If you have received the Holy Spirit and these church members or whatever group of people haven't received, what's the difference? What's the difference? I was sharing with my son, I call him my son, Jonathan, this week about T.L. Osmond. The difference. I know, you know, in his time, most of us don't even know who T.L. Osborne is. We know who Billy Graham is, right? But we don't know who T.L. Osborne is. But if you go outside the United States, guess who they are talking about? T.L. Osborne. He was the big guy. I said, I took that man. He, he's so into bringing souls to God. Not so, if you know him, who God. I took my friend to listen to him when he said God had told him to stay in the United States, son. Because people just heard about him. But kings and presidents, some presidents will beg him, our country is suffering. We need you back. Come and preach to our people. And they come on stage and sit with him while he's preaching. One time I think he came back, he spent all his money and then the president, I don't know if it was president of Uganda, he'd been in Ghana, I don't know if it was president of Uganda, sent a quick message to him, please come. That's after Idi Amin, some of us will know who that is. But the country was suffering, he said, we're suffering. And Tia said, I spent everything. I don't have any money, I can't go. One of the reasons I love, I'm telling you stories today, so you can think. These men, they're just like you. They are giving their lives totally to bring people to Christ. And all we want, I want my family blessed. I don't want trouble in my life. We don't trouble. What about God's mission? What about God's mission? He said, I don't have any money. One of the reasons I I, I love uh, Kenneth Copeland, as soon as Kenneth Copeland got wind of the word that he couldn't go, he sent him $100,000. He said, you get back to what God is calling you to do. Money cannot be the, the, the trouble for it. This man came to your lost money. When he comes to Nigeria, he gives them trucks, books, everything free. He trains them and he sends them out. And they are excited. They go out and they are winning souls. We just want to sit down and get like, God bless us. God has blessed you. You are so fat, you can't do anything. But God blessings in your life. And you keep asking for more and more and more. We got to go out. 
you shall you will be witnesses when you receive the holy spirit you have power to witness you got it believe me whether you feel it or not you have the power to change people's lives you can change anybody's life with the word with your words and the word is incorruptible let me share a little story i had this guy you know, he was studying for his master's degree, a chemistry person. I think he's going to be here with us next year. And I was sharing with him. He loved me, but he wouldn't receive. He's so smart. He was like a genius. Everybody knew this guy was so smart. He's going somewhere. But for some reason, he loved me. And I, and then I talked to him about Christ. Absolutely, yeah, he's not going to accept it. I left Georgia after I finished and I came to, to Texas. And all of a sudden, I got a call. His name is Vincent. He said, hey, good luck. Yeah. I said, who is this? Vincent, you remember me, your friend. I said, yeah, yeah, I remember you. <laughs> Always spewing out. Science to me, <laughs> anyway, it's too smart for my good, you know. I don't want to listen. He said, I'm a Christian now. I'm born again. Good luck. You used to witness to me, remember? I remember. I remember. Today, he's a professor. And he's, he started talking to me and now teaching me. I said, Vincent, now calm down. Because with the same energy and wisdom he had in the world, he turned it now. And now he's studying the word of God. He knows the word so much. He'll take me from one scripture to the other and trying to explain things to me. I said, Vincent, calm down now. I'm the pastor. You're not you're just a professor. <laughs> he says, coming to be with me sometime next year. He said, I love Texas. Just give me some uh, barbecue ribs. I said, we'll feed you with barbecue ribs uh, until you start throwing up. (laughs) We got a mall in Texas. But my point is, the word is incorruptible. The word is incorruptible. The word of God. If you share with somebody, to me when I left, I was a total failure. He didn't receive Christ, including many of his friends. But the fact that he called me, there are some others that I witnessed to that I don't know that I've come to the Lord. And they can see that I had a part in their lives. That's very rewarding. And now he has so much influence. He was working with so many big ministers, you won't believe The Bible tells us in Acts chapter 2, verse 1 through 5. When the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind. Yeah. I like that. A rushing mighty wind. Reminds me of what Jesus said in John chapter 3. He says, it's like the wind. He was telling Nicodemus. 
He says it's like the wind. You don't know where it's coming from. And you don't know where it's going. So is everyone who is born again. A rushing mighty wind. The wind will transform your life. So like you are the wind. Amen. And you can go this way and influence lives. And you can go the other way and influence lives. Please don't belittle yourself. You are filled with the Holy Spirit. You have the power of the wind. You have the power of the wind to change lives and to make them be born again. All you have to do is blow the trumpet with your words. Amen? And the walls will come crashing down, like you said this morning. Amen. That sound from heaven as a rushing mighty wind and filled the whole house where they were sitting. Can you imagine that kind of sound? <laughs> and the wind in where you're staying? Man, that's an incredible one. Where they were sitting. Then they appeared to them, divided tongues as of fire, and one sat upon each of them. When you receive the Holy Spirit, John the Baptist says, there is one that's coming after me. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. <laughs> Sometimes when you look at believers who are supposed to be filled with the Holy Spirit, you're wondering, where is the fire? <laughs> the embers have gone. They're cool. The only thing they know to do is come to church on Sunday morning and sometimes they are looking for position. They want position. They want to sit up front. That's silly to me. It's totally silly. I don't care about the position. I was not a pastor when I met Vincent. I wasn't a pastor when I was praying with people to get demons out of them. No, you shouldn't have to be a pastor. You don't have to be anything. Just be the wind that God called you to be. And if you're the church, in the church, try to reach out to people and change their lives. Mentor them. I can do it by myself. You're reaching out to people. I see Pastor Marco, you know, reaching out. People go to him and he mentors them. There are many of us. Do what you can in the church. You know, I started off by the grace of God. You know what I used to do? I shared this here before. When I was in Georgia, my greatest thing was to go pick up children from the neighborhood. And I played Father Abraham and every, I said, many sons. And those kids were like this. This tall guy out on a, a tree. And we dance around the tree. And the kids enjoyed it. And I buy them some donuts to bribe them to come back next week. And I enjoyed that. I didn't care about the church. I went to church, I did stuff, forget them. It's my father Abraham with this kid. Amen. And Father Abraham started working because the kids started coming to church. And all of a sudden, they wanted to be baptized. They said, Mr. Goodluck, see, we are going to get baptized. I said, that's wonderful. Invite your mother. 
And all of them. And they came to church. And they tasted, they tasted church for a while. They said, don't taste that bad. And they started coming. And their lives were changed. Amen. You do what you have to do to bring them in. They were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues. As the Spirit gave them utterance. And they were dwelling in Jerusalem. Devout men from every nation under the, the heaven. Every nation was represented. If that's not true, then the Bible told us something different. There were people that knew God from all the nations they came. They were worshipping the God of Abraham. But this was a different day. And, and guess what? The sound wasn't just for the disciples. The whole city heard it. Because they came out. Read the scripture. They, they came out. Christianity is not to be, some people say, say, well, my Christian faith is just between me and God. You're a liar. Your faith cannot be just between you and God. That's not going to work. <laughs> if it's just between you and God, where is the love of your brother? You love God and love your what? You're between you and God. Forget you. It's not going to happen. It's got to be between you, God, and this church, the people. You're part of it. You work part of it. You give your life to it. That's all I want. I give my life to the church and my God and reach out to people. That's my desire. And nothing's going to stop me. I believe God's going to give me my 40 million. I talk about it. It's not 40 million for me, but to do the work. Before long, by the grace of God, I will share the things that God has been sharing with me and how we're going to go. And some of you are going to be in nations. <laughs> Amen? Let me speak it. Some of you are going to be in nations, praying for the sick, speaking to them. People are... You don't think about it now, but I want you to think about it. That's why I'm talking about it. Think about it. Because you will. Can I hear an amen? It's not loud enough. Some of you are saying, who, me? Me? Ignatius? Are you kidding? No, I'm not kidding. You're going. And God's going to make it happen. Amen? Dream about that. Dream about that. Let it flow through, flow through your heart. Let it flood your life. Because God can make it, make it happen. The Bible says for the believers, according to, to, to Peter, they will dream what? Dreams. And see visions. Some of us are wondering, what does that really mean? God wants you to dream. But on this particular day, in verse 12, that's the beginning. He says, so they were all amazed and perplexed, saying to one another, whatever could this mean? I like it when, when you go to the King James. He says, what meaneth this? What does this mean? What does this mean? What new thing is God doing? What does this mean? Our lives are going to be changed. What does this mean? 
Others mocking said, they are full of new wine. <laughs> if you are really living for God, that's what they will say about you. When you keep talking about Jesus all the time, is that all you do? I got a guy got so upset with me. He says the only fun he has is to go to church. What kind of a person is that? But he, what he didn't understand, when he goes to get drunk outside, I go to get drunk with the Holy Spirit in church. And I'm more, and then he comes out with his red eyes. And he's suffering from the previous night. And I'm in glory. <laughs> he didn't understand that. Amen. He says they were full of wine, but Peter standing up. That's the first time. Peter standing up with the eleven raised his voice and said to the men of Judea and all who dwell in Jerusalem, let this be known to you and heed my words. You see? The word. Heed my words. In other words, accept what I'm about to tell you. And listen, act on it, because it's going to change the world. Heed my word. And he said to the people, men of Judea and all who dwell in Jerusalem, let this be known to you and heed my words. And then he began to preach to them. He said, these men are not, are not drunk as you suppose. But this is what the prophet Joel said. In the last days. You know we are in the last days. And God's calling us to heed the word. In the last days. And we are believers. Should we heed the word? You know Peter. He, 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 when Jesus spoke to him to, do, to speak. When Pentecost came. He knew what to do. He knew what to do. Speak the word to them. He listened to what Jesus said. Many of us have forgotten what his mission is. What his heartbeat is. He spoke the word. What happens if you see God? Can you really see God? What happens if you see God? Let me take you to this scripture. You can be a Christian, but whenever you see God, you will hear his heartbeat. And your perspective will change. Isaiah chapter 6. It says that in the year that King Uzziah died, he was already a prophet. He had prophesied during the reign of different kings. Till Uzziah. By the year that Uzziah died, I saw the Lord. He's been a prophet, but he's never seen the Lord. I saw the Lord sitting on a throne, high and lifted up, and the train of his robe filled the temple. Above it stood seraphim. Each one has six wings. With two, he covered his face so he wouldn't look at God. Constantly. They are still doing that today. They can't look at him. But Isaiah did. He saw him. With two, he covered his feet. And with two, he flew. 
And one cried to another and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. And the posts of the door were uh, shaken by the voice of him who cried out. And the house was filled with smoke. So I said, Woe is me, for I am undone, because I am a man of unclean lips, and I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips. For my eyes have seen the Lord, the King, the Lord of hosts. Whenever you see God, things change. He thought it was okay. He thought the people were okay. Four things happen whenever you see God. You see yourself as God sees you. Not as men see you. They'll praise you. But when you see God, you see yourself the way God sees you. You will see others as God sees them. Because you think, I'm okay, you're okay. It's not so. And he's talking about living among his brethren, Jewish people who were serving God, Christians. You see them differently. When you do, what the grace is given to you to repent. Leading to work cleansing. And the fourth thing, when you see God, you hear his heartbeat. was most important to him. God didn't mind Isaiah being there. I'm going to read the scripture, go back to the same scripture. It says, I'm a man of unclean lips, for my eyes have seen the king, the Lord of hosts. Then one of the seraphim flew to me, having in his hand, that's verse 6, a live coal. What does that mean? Fire. Fire. Again, fire. Which you are taking with the tongues from the altar. And where did he touch? Many of us will think he will do this. Touch your heart. Your lips. Your lips. Your lips. Fire. Your lips. To share with people. God must have instructed the angel. That's what to do. If you ask me, you know, we want him to touch our heart, right? Uh-uh. You know. And the agent said, Behold, this has touched your lips. Your iniquity is taken away. And your sins purged. <laughs> A prophet with sins? Oh, yeah. But when God wants to change your life and he wants to change your life, he does that. So at this time, after God did that, he says, also I heard the voice of the Lord saying. God had been speaking before he heard it. 
After he was cleansed, he heard it. After he saw God, he heard God's heartbeat. Whenever you see God, you will know what's most important to your God. You share his heartbeat. And God was consistently on the throne speaking, constantly speaking. Before Isaiah heard it, God was already speaking. God wasn't paying attention much to Isaiah. He was after his own heart. This is what God was saying. I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send? Who is willing to go? And who will go for us? Then I said, Here am I. Send me. He's been a prophet all this time. He was sent, right? But this is a new calling. Because he, can, he could see his people were not where they were supposed to be. And he himself was not where he is supposed to be. Let me go to this scripture to buttress what you just read. Listen to this. In Matthew chapter 5, verse 8 and 9. It says, Blessed are the pure in heart. Isaiah was pure in heart. He really wanted to serve God. He wanted to know what God's heart was. So God opened his eyes to see him. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Guess what follows after that? Blessed are the what? Peacemakers. You think it's coincidence they follow one another? When you see God, you become a peacemaker. Bringing people, making peace. The gospel of peace. Tearing down the walls and bringing people to Christ. When you see God, many of us have not seen Him. You don't have to see Him literally, but when He shows up to you, the first thing you think, I've got to go. It doesn't mean you have to become a pastor. Your mind is in it. Angela goes to Nigeria almost every year, except this COVID year, crazy year. But some of us want to go, even when it costs us money. You still want to go. That your life may touch some other life. I remember they were telling me about this young kid. You know, uh, he had to walk several miles to get to school. And walk several miles to get back home. Several miles. How many miles? You guys remember? Huh? But several miles to school. And several miles back. And that had worn his body. He was so skinny. And the, 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 the lady said, we've got to do something about this. And uh, they provided money for his transportation, back and forth. And now uh, he got robust. <laughs> when I was visiting, I saw, they showed him to me. I said, this is the kid. And now I'm hearing, and you guys can correct me, I'm hearing he's very active in church. Very active young man. How? Some people decided they didn't want to reach this young man overseas. Sometimes we're just thinking about those around us. No, no, go beyond that. Reach the nations. God says if you go to this house, 
and they don't receive you, what should you do? Stay there and try to persuade them? No. Move. The whole people. <laughs> if the people of the United States don't want to hear the gospel, I'll move. <laughs> okay? Amen. Don't mean I'd have to move my house there. I'll go to these other people. They can hear. I just want to win souls. Just want to win souls. Paul saw the Lord. Do you remember? Paul saw God. Saw Jesus. And that that vision was ingrained in his mind. And Paul was willing to die all his life. There was nothing that mattered to the guy. He didn't care about a house. He didn't care about a wife. He didn't care about nothing. He saw God. When you see God, when you allow, and and I need you, every one of us, pray to God. Because when you pray, he will answer, God, I want to see you. We used to sing that song. Lord, I want to see you. Exactly. I want to look on your face. When you see his face, you can never get rid of it. He grips you. And you want to do something for your God. And your joy is in it. And when you're not doing it, the joy seems to have vanished. And you get back to it. Paul said this. For I, if I preach the... If I, preach the gospel, I have nothing to boast of. It's something I have to do. I can't boast about preaching the gospel. That's my life. For necessity, it's laid upon me. Then he said, yes, woe is me if I do not preach the gospel. Woe is me if I do not preach the gospel. Many of us don't even think about that. He cursed himself if he's not going to preach the gospel. And we sit back, we're around people, they're saying things about your God that you know is wrong, but you are too afraid to speak. Because if you speak, they might fire you. Fire me for speaking the word. When it's true, God can make me put me in a place where I'm your boss. It's possible. It's possible. Sometimes when you're speaking the word, they hate you. And they're trying to get you fired. And the boss sees that and gets angry. Guess who gets fired? Paul saw Christ. I need you to pray, God, let me see you. And you know, the thing that he will do, he will fill your heart with love. For people, you see them differently, just like Isaiah did. And you feel like, I've got to do something. And now, you have received the Holy Spirit. you got power. You may not see their lives change immediately. 
But when their lives changed, they'll remember you. I'm going to close with this scripture. I see I have a lot to say. I mean, this story. There were two people. Uh, one was a Christian man, and the other wasn't a Christian. And uh, they were partners in business. And the business was flourishing. They were together all the time. The, the uh, unbeliever, he loved his partner. He boasted about his partner. He said, I can trust him with anything. He won't take anything. He won't take a penny. He's such a good man. And, and he does everything well. My partner is the greatest man you'll ever meet. He's, he's such a good man. You know what? His partner never spoke to him about Christ one day. He just was good. <laughs> Many of us think, oh, let's see my life. And they'll believe that I'm a Christian. Are you kidding yourself? Are you more righteous than Jesus? He just walked, Jesus was walking around Jerusalem and saying, You all watch my life and my godliness and come to Christ. No, come to God. No, he was speaking constantly. He said nothing about that. And somebody invited his friend, unbeliever, to church. And he got saved and was so excited. He couldn't wait to get back to his office to tell his partner about his salvation. He was so excited over the weekend, this day after me. And finally, he met his partner and said to him, Guess what? I went to church and, and this is what happened. And the guy said, Praise the Lord. And the fellow said, Huh? Praise the Lord. You're a Christian? He said, yeah, I'm a Christian. He got mad. He said, so you've been a Christian and my best friend. And you never said a word. I could have gone to hell. And you are my friend and you never said a word to me. He was mad. He was very angry. What kind of a friend are you? You never said a thing to me. I knew you were a good man. I told everybody how good you are. You could have told me it was Jesus. You said nothing. You are not a real friend. You're not a good friend. The most important thing in life, because he was truly saved, you kept it from me. And you never said a word. I could have died and gone to hell. How can you call yourself my friend? You don't want to be in that place, people. Share with everyone around you. Don't hide your faith through your words. They bring a problem to you. Can we pray about it? Nobody. Wow. Yes, 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 yes. But now they know where to to place you. Something is different about this person. But if you keep it, well, and you tell them about things, you give them advice. But you never said a word about prayer, not a word about Jesus. You failed the master. And you know what? Many times, it's the Lord that puts you in that place. And he's watching to see what you will do. And then you leave, you leave him heartbroken. Because you didn't tell this person. Guess what he does? 
He placed that person in another person's life that can speak your life. To him, like I said, you are unprofitable. You can't get anything out of you because you are afraid to say the word. And I said, like I said in the beginning, I'm not speaking so you feel bad or condemned. I'm speaking the word of God to you so that the word can take a hold of your life and begin to motivate you slowly but surely. All of a sudden, they hear you. That's all you want to do because in your sleep, God is beginning to move in you. That's what I'm praying for and that's what's going to happen. That's the reason I'm speaking these words. Not for you to feel bad, but for you to have this in your heart. And the Spirit of God, I know, in the beginning was the Word. That Word will begin to work in your heart and begin to bring changes to your life. Amen? Amen. God bless you, Pastor. Come on, Pastor. Praise the Lord. The Lord is good. How many of you are good out there today? How many think you're good? I'm glad some of you do. How many of you think you're bad? Well, I guess I'll go with the acclamation that everybody thinks they're good. Right? And I know that there are good people here today. But there's also Christian people here today. People who are born again. Pastor says that he says all these things not to condemn us. But the Word doesn't condemn. The Word convicts. Condemnation makes you want to push away from God. That's what Satan does to us. We do something we sin. We do something we shouldn't do. The old voice starts speaking to us and we listen. He says, you know, you're... You're, you're not a good person. You, look what you did. And it makes you feel condemned away from God. But when the Holy Spirit speaks to you when you do something wrong, it doesn't make you back away from God. It draws you towards God. It makes you want to change your life. You may be a good person out there today. You may be a good person in this body. You may be a good person that's listening to this invitation out there on the World Wide Web. But there's going to be a lot of good people in hell. A lot of good people. Say, but I was a good person. Jesus didn't say good people go to heaven. He said born again people go to heaven. You can live the best life on this earth that you want to live. But until you accept Jesus Christ, when this, when this time ends on this earth, you won't go be with Jesus in heaven because of your goodness. You go to heaven because of the blood of Jesus Christ upon, applied to your life. So if today you may be good, but you haven't accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and your Savior. You haven't changed and ask Jesus Christ to come into your life to be the Lord of your life and to cover your sin with the blood of Jesus Christ. And if you haven't made that commitment today, you can make that commitment today, both here and out there where you're listening. All you have to do 
has asked Jesus Christ to come into your life. With every head bowed, head bowed for a moment. Giving you the opportunity to hear, I ask you to bow your heads where you are, even out there on the web. Jesus, the Holy Spirit, right now the Holy Spirit, it says no one can come to the Father unless he is drawn of the Holy Spirit. And that drawing of the Holy Spirit is that on the inside of us that says, I need to make a change. And if you're that person here today or the person out there, make a commitment. Will you accept Jesus Christ today? Not change your goodness, but change your direction and change your life to go to heaven. If you're here this morning, would you slip your hand up and say, Pastor Graham, I want to make sure. I want to make sure that I am going to heaven. Is there one that would say, I want to accept Jesus? Is there one of you out there on the Internet? I see those hands out there. So would everyone please stand with me here this morning, everybody? Repeat this prayer. It's not the prayer itself. Yes, it is what we say with our mouth, but it comes from our heart. And if you say this from your heart, God will save you today. So would all of you repeat after me? Jesus, I thank you for coming and dying on Calvary's cross that I might have life, eternal life, forever. I thank you that you died for my sins and you covered them all with your blood. I thank you, Lord, that you was raised on the third day to present your body to your Father for our sins. Lord, I ask you to come into my life and to be the Lord of my life. From this day forward, I will devote my life to serving you. I will live by your word, walk in your word. And God, I thank you that you've saved me today. I am a child of God in Jesus' name. Amen. If you prayed that prayer, you are a born-again child of God. May God go with you as you go home. Be blessed. And may the Lord richly bless you as you go in Jesus' name.